Well, hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today's podcast going on a nice Sunday morning, day before Halloween, 2022. I'm not sure what my Halloween plans are. Taking kids trick-or-treating a little bit. No costume plans. If I get some money tomorrow, maybe I'll buy something cool, cool costume. Fun. Haven't experienced a good Halloween in a while. We need some sort of fun, cathartic something. Probably the reason I do this podcast, this cathartic, to just vent about the state of affairs and just to process it. It's also nice to just kind of let go too and have a good time. But there's serious shit going on in this country. You know that certain sides have really been emboldened really being that there's only two it's like one has really they've revealed their hand they they've they've revealed their true selves to the world and they're leaning into it you know they have a certain control over a certain segment of the working class population and they're able to pass laws that are very oppressive and divisive and do not benefit the working class. But they're able to convince enough people that they will, or something. You know, if we give more money to the wealthy and big corporations, it means somehow, some way, that that is going to be the best way for working class people's quality of life to improve. Or maybe it's that they don't care, and that maybe that's really the message, is that who, why should working class people's lives improve? It's unclear why their argument even works. Government should support individual liberty, except if a woman is going to the doctor. In that case, a government man should have jurisdiction, if you will, over that woman going to the doctor. And he should he should know why she's going, and he should be able to have final say in what that woman's what is in that woman's best interest medically. He, the government man, knows what's best for the woman according to the Republican Party. That is their position. Now, wealthy white women can make, can go to the doctor and not face criminal charges. Everything is okay there. There's no change in their medical access. Law or not, you know, banning certain medical procedures. They can still go get medical treatment when they need it. Yeah, anytime they want, whatever procedure they need to get, and they're not going to face criminal charges. Other women, though, will. Yeah, and so that's what it's about. Yeah, kind of leaning into their, you know, blatantly oppressive viewpoint that certain groups need to be suppressed and subjugated. And that's how the Republican Party feels, especially its top level leadership. And they lean into it, it's, they're barely even. They barely even try to pretend that that's not what they are anymore. They, you know, it, it, it's kind of like they've been spotted. They're, so they're kind of like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, that's what we are. You know, we're we're, we're gonna throw people in jail for growing, selling, or possessing a plant. We're gonna put women in jail because they went to the doctor. We're gonna give more money to the wealthiest, and then we're gonna cut funding to programs that benefit the working class. And this now is 
their legislative agenda. It's their campaign. Are millions of working class people still going to vote for them? Yep, they sure are. There's still going to be millions of working class people who are going to vote against their own interests, and it's going to benefit the wealthy. Republican Party is not going to pass laws that benefit the working class as a whole. They're just not going to do it. It's not on their agenda. They're not even proclaiming it to be of importance. They're not even pretending that it is anymore. Nope. No, they're going to oppress women. They're going to continue to put minorities in jail because cannabis is a gateway drug. Therefore, people need to go to jail if they're growing, selling, or possessing it. Senior-level Republican leaders are still saying that to this day, that cannabis is a gateway drug. Thereby, the government is justified in putting human beings in jail because they were simply growing, selling, or possessing said plant because they wanted to feel better. What you are legally allowed to use are the drugs that are advertised on TV, specifically Fox News. Fox News gets a lot of pharmaceutical money as well as the Republican Party. Yeah. And so, cannabis is a bit of a competitor to many pharmaceutical things, and so certain interests have to be, have to be protected. But it's just weird that that's where we really are. The two-party system has really revealed many flaws over the last many years. Uh, 2016, again, it was the Republicans' turn to win. Didn't really matter who they picked. That person was going to become the president, pretty much. It was just, that's what history was saying. Democrats had been in control for two terms. It was now the Republicans' turn. That's it. In case in point, there are three finalists. Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, Donald Trump. How, you know, in any other election, why would, you know, if it's truly fair or something, or it's not like one's turn or something, maybe it's just, you know, it's the... Obama's re-election campaign, you know, he, he definitely wins if, if against those three easily. Any one of the three, it doesn't really matter. But because, uh, you know, it was, it was the election after a Democrat had been in power for two terms, now it's, you know, it's a Republican's turn. And 2016 really revealed that, you know, it's the Republican's turn to win. It doesn't matter even really what the people say or how the vote goes. You know, it's the Republicans' turn. They get to pick who the president is now. So, you know, the people vote on election night. They pick Hillary Clinton. She finishes in first place. Donald Trump is a does very well, but finishes in a fairly distant second place. You know, a good five million or so behind the winner. But it was the Republicans' parties. It was their turn to win. So the electoral college declared Donald Trump the winner. Even though he lost the election, he finished in second place. Some people call that the first loser. Second place in most things is pretty awesome. It's still like winning something. Like you won a silver medal. That's how most people phrase it. You won a bronze. You didn't win the race, but you won a medal. It's a little bit different with the presidential election, obviously. So he, he lost the election of the people. The people voted, and they voted, we voted for Hillary Clinton. He did very well, yes, second place. There was many people that were running. There was many names on the ballot. How he was this, now was he the second best candidate of all the names on the ballot? No, of course not. Why did he finish in second place though? You know, what, what 
What is going on with a society where that man is able to achieve such heights despite having zero credentials to warrant being in that position? You know, he, he was born into great affluence and he's white and he wears a nice business suit every day. He has his name on big tall buildings. How does any of that mean that he should be the leader of a country? Zero elected experience prior to becoming president of any kind, none. He had none experience as a 70-something-year-old man. Barack Obama, as a 40-something-year-old man, had more experience than Donald Trump did in his 70s prior to becoming president. And, and yes, Barack Obama did. And being a community or organizer, even though not elected experience, is certainly more relevant than any of Donald Trump's. And that's... And, Barack Obama also had elected experience, a state senator, even though he was only in his 40s. He was on much more of a trajectory to public service. Donald Trump always was and continues to be, a, to this day, a trajectory of pure fame and money, and that's it, and power. You know, like, there, there is no regard for others, how his affection, actions affect others. It, it, it's of little concern to him. His narcissistic sociopathy... It, like, emboldened the party, too. The, the two became peas in a pod. You know, sometimes they pretend to have certain disagreements with each other, but the Republican Party did indeed nominate Donald Trump to be president twice. The first time they picked him, he had zero experience, and he was hosting a game show at the time. A game show that he was given the job because, well, because he was famous. Was he famous because he was a successful businessman? No. A few years prior to becoming a game show host, he had had his sixth bankruptcy. Number six. Number six. It, the way it was presented in the news during the late 90s is, he's done. It's over. And it was. Until a game show host opportunity came his way. That's what revived his career. There was no business success just prior to The Apprentice that revived his career. That is a myth. What revived his career is the show itself where he got to pretend to be a successful businessman in a highly edited, scripted television show. Not a reality show. No. Quasi-reality. You know, a lot of freeform camera where the contestants don't have scripts and they're out free-flowing and Donald Trump isn't involved much in that because he's very stupid. You can't really improv with him. You can't really have genuine banter between a group of people and him and stuff. That's not what he does. He's Donald Trump. But the power of celebrity and also the ability to manipulate people that choose to have limited information sources. Low information borders, they're called. It's a very politically correct term. Hillary Clinton, who was the valedictorian of her college, referred to low-information voters as a basket full of deplorables. I don't really know why people on Fox News and all that got so offended. Uh, yes, I'll have a basket full of deplorables, please. Uh, would, you want, would you like it um, sautéed or baked? Ooh, um, do you have any roasted? Yes. Um... I mean, it sounds like a nice fancy dish or something. A, a basket full of deplorables. Or like maybe like a flower bouquet or something. A basket full of deplorables. 
all kinds of deplorable things in this basket. Like, I don't know, what would be a basket full of deplorables? What would it look like? I don't know. It's quite the imagery. But anyway, it's, uh, you know, it, 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 it comes from a woman who grew up, came from a certain very particular time where it was like there was all these sort of societal standards on how a woman needs to be or something who is an alpha. She was the valedictorian over college and stuff and a lawyer and she later became a senator and then, um, uh, dang it, secretary of state. You know, accomplished person in her own right. Most people probably just know her as the president's wife or something. But, you know, a highly intelligent alpha human. But because she's a woman, grew up at a certain time, different sets of standards for her than for a male counterpart. So even though clearly and obviously she's the better of the two, uh, many people weren't able to pick her simply because she was a woman. And many who weren't able to pick her because she was a woman weren't willing to say that. But that was part of the reason. You know, part of the reason Trump won in 2016 is because he was a man. A big, tall, lumbering, stupid man. Arrogant, dumb, uh, narcissistic. But some people confuse that with being um, good, confident. You know, it's just strange. You know, uh, no, he's a sociopath. He, he has little regard for other human beings. A very dangerous person, really. But some people confuse that with being confident and being a good leader. But no. No, he he's a self-preservationist, you know. And there's certain aspects of that I can relate to, I guess. Because I don't really, at the current juncture, want to necessarily be leading peoples. It takes enough work just to take, you know, manage my own life, you know start uh, managing other people's lives, but uh, if nothing else, I don't know, throw in some hope, some some ideas, some different perspective to like have some sort of effect to steering this away from the iceberg that's ahead. It's like we know it's there, but it's like, it's like we think it's a small enough iceberg that we're maybe we could just steer away from it, you know, we can just allow it to continue to exist. Still kind of steer towards it, but it's small enough that it won't do any damage or something. But it's like, that's what this embracing of the modern-day Republican thing still, to this day, kind of is. It's like, it, it, it's a government's, governmental style that's oppressive to the people living in this society. How long can that stand? You, you know, it's, a, it's an oppressive, contentious, anxiety-ridden, while lofting up those that are already at the top affluent class, making their lives even loftier. They, they accrue even more estate value doing even less, but everyone else there's, there's just greater levels of tension, greater, you know, quality of life just doesn't really improve if anything goes down. And it's almost like they're preaching that that's what they're planning to do now. They're, they're just kind of leaning into it. They, they use political euphemisms and phrasing to kind of pretend that it's something different. But they kind of, you barely have to read between the lines anymore with what they're presenting as like, this is what we plan to do. They're going to put women in jail for going to the doctor. They're going to put minorities in jail for growing and selling and possessing plants. Poor people are going to go in jail too. They're going to cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations. Again, 
They, they can, those groups can always get a tax cut in the eyes of the Republican Party. Maybe new tax loopholes will be created. They are going to cut funding to Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, public education, and infrastructure. The basic foundational elements of our society, you know, that benefit the working class, the people that do all the work, there's going to be less money covering those, but the people who own the economy are going to have more money and power. Uh, more people who don't have money and power are going to be oppressed more overtly, and in some cases even thrown in jail. Are there going to start being debt prisons in the future? I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past the Republican Party to start proposing such a thing. Um, some of their more extreme members have, you know, in recent years, debt prisons or some version of it. You know, you're poor, can't pay your bills, so you go to jail. Why are you poor and can't pay your bills? Well, <laughs> basic foundational things are not being paid for. And we all just sort of accept it and just kind of grind through. And that's, well, that's what it means to be alive. And well, that, that's what it means to be alive for most of us and everyone we know. But for a tiny, tiny percentage of the population, which is the group that the Republican Party truly represents, uh, life is a life of luxury and ease and comfort without really having to do much of anything. Certainly nothing strenuous or really taxing on the mind and body. Really ever. Unless you want to, but you certainly don't have to. And in return, you get to live lavishly and just kind of do whatever you want. Trump family is a classic example of this. What is it that they do? Well, they run the Trump organization. What is the Trump organization? Well, it's the Trump family. And, you know, they're famous. They got their names on a bunch of properties. Oh, yeah, they they own those and run those. Well, no, no not all the time. Sometimes it's a licensing agreement. Those the people are famous, so... So sometimes they'll make appearances at this place. You run it through like, what is it that they do? Well, no, they don't do anything. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they'll go on talk shows and stuff. I mean, yeah, do interviews. They wear nice clothes every day. They, they travel around and do fancy things. They, they have a lot of money. So yeah, they can kind of do whatever they want. They don't, but again, they don't really have to do anything. And it's a lifestyle they were born into as a birthright their father was born into it too you know, donald trump was inherited 400 million dollars from his father he was already a millionaire by the time he was about eight or nine years old and again donald trump prior to becoming president game show host six-time bankruptor of companies famous for cheating on his wives he had a cameo in home alone too appeared a lot of wwe events Famous for being a tabloid celebrity. Every time he'd bankrupt a company or get sued or cheat on his wife or something like that, he'd, it would make the papers. It would, it would make the news, mostly tabloid news, but sometimes it'd be covered on national news. So he's, he's kind of one of those one of those kind of celebrities that was just kind of famous for being famous, and he just kept lingering around. And he had an amazing ability for self-promotion and an amazing ability to just capitalize on his fame and get value out of his fame. It's probably a, an unfortunate trendsetter in that thing. We get lots of people you know, that are famous for being famous and able to create value out of their name, but it's not really, what is it that they do? They write, sing, dance, innovate, scientists, something, anything? Yeah. Exercise, exercise. I don't know. It's... We're a weird country. 
I don't know how long we can pretend to be a democratic society where a, a, a minority of the population, yes, but still a, a very strong vocal minority of the population is enthusiastically, openly embracing a more fascist-style government. You know, and it's like they have corporate sponsorship now. You know, a political organization has seen they they can gain some more personal power and stuff if they kind of basically kind of sell their soul and give up on certain constitutional preservation of the constitution and stuff and individual liberty and small government all the very specific slogans they've been championing for years and years if they just kind of turn their back on them and just go full propaganda shit show lean into it it's going to get the vocal minority like really ramped up and totally stoked uh it's going to alienate the masses uh it's going to make a very even more divisive country um but kevin mccarthy mitch mcconnell marco rubio ted cruz jim jordan ron DeSantis, ron johnson gozer josh holly yep they lindsey graham they get to uh you know have have more power get to be on tv get to be relevant if their uh, initiatives pass again no none of it will benefit the working class people as a whole giving more money to the wealthy means the wealthy have more money that's it, it means they have more control of the economy greater ability to dictate price greater ability to purposely and deliberately cause inflation which they do indeed threaten to do from time to time if there are talks of marginal wealth and estate taxes and increased corporate taxes and stuff the wealthy and the owners of big corporations and execs of big corporations will sort of scare people with talks of inflation like if you raise our taxes we're going to raise the prices because we're going to try to maintain the same exact profit margin we have now even if our tax rate goes up and we're going to kind of work collectively all us various owners of the economy we're going to kind of do it all cohesively almost even if we're not working directly together necessarily we're going to kind of announce to the world we are going to start raising our prices if we have to pay a higher tax rate because we do not want to make one minute adjustment in our profit margin we've become accustomed to the profit margin and the amount of money that comes our way doing what we do and we want to keep it that way and that's what the republican party is there to protect the profit margin of the big corporations of the world that operate that are headquartered here in the u.s as well as the wealthy affluent class that was born into wealth how do you preserve that and at the levels that they've become accustomed and it better yet how do you increase those levels make it even easier to earn even more socialism for the wealthy Republican Party is very much for that well again voting in uh, passing all kinds of laws that are very oppressive and suppressive on everybody else so it's individual liberty for the wealthy if a woman needs to go to a doctor to have a procedure done she's wealthy and more specifically even wet and white no restrictions if she's wealthy and a minority she might run into some friction yeah depending on who finds out or whatever if she's living in an area where that particular procedure has been deemed illegal you know 
But yeah, if she's if she's poor and a, and especially a poor minority woman, uh, if that particular procedure has been deemed illegal in her respective state of residence, and she does indeed get it anyway, yes, yeah, she might she'll she'll most likely be going to jail. And so that's something the Republican Party enthusiastically supports, punishing women for going to the doctor. Republican Party's platform is they are going to protect the lives of unborn babies. Is their political platform? What a strange philosophical statement to make. Protect the lives, in like the protect current sense of unborn. Protect the lives of the unborn. Hmm. What exactly does that fucking mean? Are you going to protect the lives of the born, too? Or they're kind of irrelevant in in the matter. It, that's the part I never quite understand. What about the people who are already alive and already born? It's like they don't even matter in the equation. It's the unborn who, who aren't here yet. And there's no guarantee they will be either, no matter what. Not really sure why government man is even involved. Man. Government man. Man, man, man. It, it, it's a man that said, no, woman, you, you can't go to the doctor. I'm going to put you in jail. It was a man that said that. Now, he was able to convince many other women to support it, too, for whatever reason. Because those, you know, but <laughs> it's uh, need more dudes speaking out against that one, I guess, or something. Um, yeah, they're. Government man wants to start throwing our sisters and girlfriends and aunts and cousins, whatever, you know, daughter, in, in jail because she went to the doctor. That's not acceptable. You know, the I believe in life begins at conception person. Again, that, that's wonderful that you believe that, but you got to start coming up with some other alternatives. Is the only law that can protect your belief that life begins at conception is that poor women and women of color are going to go to jail now? Do you have a better way? To you're pro-life. What's a more pro-life way to to do the you believing that life begins at conception thing? How how can you like combine the two, being pro-life and believing that life begins at conception, but also like understanding, I hope to some degree, free will. You know, five billion plus people on this planet. You don't get to control them all. You can only control your own actions. So understanding that, how do you come to a better, you know, as far as the law and its selective enforcing current situation, you know, there's a medical procedure that's that exists that is in demand from time to time and has been for eons. It's even referenced in the Old Testament, the Old Testament, also known as the Torah. It's referenced in that, so that's how long it's been around, thousands of years, you know. It, and it's only improved in, you know, its safety and stuff. So, like, a woman could have an abortion and then later have a child that she announces to the world and everything. Yeah, that's more possible even now in modern times. But anyway... It's just, it's unfortunate that people were able to be manipulated on that particular issue. 
the choice of particular candidates got boiled down to slogans. And then the Trump era was like the crowning, if you want to call it that, of slogan voting. You know, voting based off a slogan. Make America great again. Build the wall. Lock her up. But it worked, you know. The only, and Donald Trump's slogan, the only word in there that's more than one syllable is the word America. Oh, and again, I guess, yeah, again has two syllables. So, What's that slogan mean? It means go back to the good old days. Yeah, that's when America was better. When there was racial segregation and racial suppression, Jim Crow laws and stuff like that, you know, Confederate statues are a part of our history. They can't be taken down. You know, make America great again. Yeah. Go back in time. So it's one of those blatant kind of uh, over-conservatism type of thing. Go backwards. We're starting to progress forward. That's scary to me. I don't like it. There's people who are being themselves out in the world, and I don't get to control them or tell them how to be. My narrow-minded view of the world isn't like the law, and it bothers some people, you know. They think if everyone is able to be who they want, their narrow view of life can't be expressed or something. Or maybe they'll feel weird about living their narrow view. I don't know. I'm not really sure what it is. I don't really quite understand the fear of the other. There's other people in this world that live differently than me. That bothers me. I mean, yeah, there's five billion people. We're all got a lot of similarities. Groups of similarities, but yeah, everyone's their own person, you know. But the modern day Republican Party and, and a lot of its supporters, it's like a very much a, a supporting of like a very narrow view of what an American should be, what they should look like, what religion they should be, what they do for a living, what their political views are. You know, it should be very, very narrow. And anyone outside of that is un-American. And it's just... But it's like, it's working. In, at least in the short term, for the Republican Party to stay relevant and in power. It'd be nice if there was more options. Why are there not? The thing is, there are, but they're just not discussed. You got Libertarian on the right, Constitutionalist also on the right. Left side, you got Green Party. I mean, those are organizations that are already around today that nominate candidates that are on the presidential ballot and everything. You know, I, I don't really understand why news can't just inform us of them. You know, they constantly are informing us about what the Republican Party is. So it's like, okay, it's it's known what that organization is. Yeah, they got a stranglehold on about 30, 40 million, whatever it is people who watch Fox News, Sinclair Broadcasting, OAN Network, InfoWars, Breitbart, to get their information. There's a sizable percentage of the population that learns about the world, gets information, makes decisions based off of InfoWars, Breitbart, Sinclair, Fox News, OAN. Yeah. Like, and that's what you get. You get working class vote, folks voting for tax cuts for the wealthy and corporations. You get folks marching in the street, marching against, quote unquote, death taxes. It's a proposed tax on a state's worth 
let's say it's over 10 million. Yeah, yeah there'd, there'd be working class folks out in the streets marching against that. We're going to use the funds to raise to fund hospitals in your area. They'll be staffed with medical professionals who are not government agents, but medical professionals. It's going to be a hospital. You're going to get to go there now. Because, yeah, we're going to appropriately tax the wealthy and big corporations. There will be real, live, working class person fighting against it. Proudly proclaiming to the world that they are willing to be manipulated by billionaire interests. The Tea Party was the classic example of this. And that happened years ago. And they're still relevant. They're still relevant. You know, this quote-unquote grassroots organization that, that was bought and paid for by billionaires from the coal industry that was able to convince working class people to fight against health care as a right. To fight against marginal and wealth and estate taxes and that kind of stuff. To get all fired up about quote unquote socialized medicine, whatever the fuck that is. Let's fund hospitals directly so that when people get sick, they can go and get cured. The Republican Party has been saying now for God knows how many years, no, we do not want to do that. What would happen to health insurance companies? How would they retain their profit? How indeed? Yeah, what would you be paying for if health care was a right? What would your health insurance be for if health care was a right? Would they ever have to give you a claim? Would you start asking yourself, why am I paying for this product? Probably. I would hope you would. Would there be a government mandate for you to have health insurance? No. We're all humans and alive. We all benefit from health insurance. You don't have to pay a fee to stay alive. That seems dumb. There's people that devote their lives to taking care of fellow humans. Why does there need to be a profit initiative there? You know? If your focus is taking care of other humans, you should make a good living doing it. And you have a higher level of expertise and experience, well, then you should get paid more. Probably won't get paid as much if you're the in business or something, I guess, or something. But I'm sure if you're a brain surgeon and been doing it for many years, you'll do just fine. Yeah, you'll do very, very well. You won't make the same exact amount as a first-year nurse. So in other words, it will not in any way, shape, or form be outright socialism. Yeah, that, when, when they say having a hospital to go to when you're sick and having a school to go to if you want to get more education is socialism is a very stupid argument. It, it's very dumb. But that's the problem. Yeah. It got down to two. It's this or that. You know. And sometimes one of the two, and sometimes even both, are barely given a shit. You know, the Republican Party just said, ah, fuck it. We don't care. We don't fucking care. The people who are going to vote for us are going to vote for us. It don't matter who the fuck we pick. It don't matter who we, what we say. It doesn't matter what our legislative agenda is on paper. Millions of folks are going to vote for us. And that is what it is. What are you going to do about it, the masses? You know? Are you going to participate? Are you going to vote? Are you going to vote for... Candidates that are pro-health care as a right, education as a right, or are you going to vote for candidates that are going to cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations? Or are you just going to not participate at all? And thus, 
the Republican Party wins. Tax cuts for the wealthy, tax cuts for corporations, condoning of corrupt behavior by government officials, condoning of government officials being allowed to get bribes of unlimited amounts, really. Let's let's not have campaign finance reform. Let's not really rein it in when like it's blatant misuse of campaign funds. You know, this you're using these funds to help you you know, run to be president of the United States and uh, Donald Trump while running, he used some of the funds he was raised to uh, pay off a porn star that he had an affair with to keep her quiet about their affair. I mean, that's how much of an idiot he is. Like, he's Donald Trump. Why would anyone give a fuck if he had an affair? Was That was already like a known thing about him. He had affairs. You know, it's not a, not a, it's not a th- thing. If you were already into him, then... You were already into him. You didn't really care about that part. So who... It's like, why did... And, and yeah, Just so stupid. It, it just... It's like, him having an affair was not the controversy. It's like, who gives a fuck, really? But it is who he is. It's more like using campaign finance money to have her sign an N, uh, NDA... Just such a wretched dude. I don't understand how it got that far. I don't understand why it's still lingering around. The whole Trumpism bullshit started ramping up midway through Trump or uh, Obama's second term, and it just—it's just—it's like it had already been ramped up too high before, you know. Entire childhood, there he was, just like just, just never would go away. He's such a fucking asshole. Arrogant prick. Just fuck people over for the sport of it. Anything to increase his fame and money. He just didn't give a fuck. You know? And it's like a mindset that is prevalent throughout this society. A fuck it, who gives a shit. Vote for chaos and destruction. And just, I guess, deal with the consequences day to day later or something. You know, I don't know. I mean, that's what people were voting for when they voted for him. They may have said or expressed otherwise, but, you know, if you're, for the vast majority of people, you profess certain things. Well, Donald Trump is, is not what you're professing. You know, you go to church every Sunday, you're professing certain things out loud, professing to have certain convictions. Donald John Trump does not re- represent those. You know that, though. And you've known that the whole time. But it's like, there's that lure of the dark or something for me personally lure of the dark was my 20s wild rambunctious time college you know, I grew up in a small navy town pretty conservative so needless to say getting out of my town going up to my first year of true college my junior year it was exciting and wild and Partied with the devil, so to speak. You gotta be careful partying with the devil, because the party's 24/7, 365 days a year. The party basically never ends, really. But there are consequences for going to that party and for staying too long. You know, I partied with the devil for quite a while there. But now it's like it's like in my system or something. 
you have to find different ways to exercise that out, because once it's a party, it's going to party you, there's no turning back, you know, best to uh, limit your time in certain environments, and also, deliver me not from temptation, deliver me from evil, you know, we are humans, we desire certain things, and certain things fun, and sometimes things that are fun are going to be frowned upon by others, sometimes the things that are frowned upon by others, it's like, you know, because it might be dangerous, Sometimes the things are a little bit dangerous or the most fun. You know, like bicycling down a mountain. Going nearly over 50 miles an hour. Pushing close to 60 miles an hour. Not even pedaling. Just, you know, just the steep mountain ranges. Stay on the bike. That's the main thing. It's a good adrenaline rush. I've also jumped out of an airplane once, too. That's uh, quite exciting. There's a little danger to it. I mean, yeah, you're fucking... Jumping out of an airplane, I recommend it. Especially in Hawaii, that's a good place to go skydiving. Also, I think also as a person with epilepsy, it's always been this certain like dancing near the edge, kind of getting close to the edge, and sometimes staying there for a bit. But then, once you're knowing it's time to kind of back off, if uh, sometimes you're a little too confident near the edge, you can just tip right over. And uh, those aren't fun. So you got to be careful with that natural propensity within us all to desire things that aren't deemed good. It's like it's almost like the thing with people that are so overly good. At least how they express to the word world. You know, they they really are very proud of how good they are. It's like they still need to be a little bad or something. But they're, the modern form, their way of being like a little bad is to vote for things that are really fucking bad. You know, like I was a drunken idiot that got into uh, illicit drugs and stuff throughout my 20s and probably promiscuous sex and all that kind of stuff. Lived like a rock star, even though I was not one or famous or anything like that. And thankfully, all of it was uh, pre-social media. But nonetheless, pretty wild. But I'd take people living like that over voting for authoritarianism, fascism. You know, you know, I picked the lesser of the two evils type of thing. The choice was groups of people embracing kind of an overly indulgent party lifestyle versus, you know, embracing a violent oppression of everyone. Definitely go with the party lifestyle. Although, again, it's not long-term either. And it is the lesser of the two evils. You know, you do that too long, especially to the excess, <clears throat> you may not make it out alive. And I know some who didn't. And I think about them often. The people that didn't make it out of their 20s for one reason or another. You know, I almost didn't. But it did. And now I'm 42, kind of a ways beyond the, all the craziness of those years, but there's still a part of me, the parting with the devil, so to speak, is still part of who I am, so I have to exercise those demons out, basically, literally, it's really the only way I know how, lots of physical exertion, keeps the mind steady and keeps the mind from ever desiring to be to that level of excess ever again, I mean, I'm also thankful that 
wasn't captured or anything. But that would be only more humility if any of that era was more caught and videographed and shit. Very thankful that Facebook didn't really come to be until about two years after I graduated college. Probably would have a much different perspective on that experience if it was uh, documented more. But it's like, yeah, modern people, many modern people that really feel very proud about the direction of their life and stuff, but still desire to be a little naughty or something. The way they've done that is by embracing fascism, doing the bad thing, doing the thing you're not supposed to do and you kind of know it. You know, you're going to church every Sunday, embracing the teachings of Jesus. Should you be supporting Donald John Trump to be the president? The answer is no. And you already know that. You already know that. A, a guy like me shouldn't be the one to have to tell you something like that. You know, I'm no straight-edge Christian. Not even going to try to pretend like I am. That's going to be a method that if I ever this catches on or anything like that, this message, that'll be something that people will point out that I am rough around the edges, let's say. I curse a lot. I've had a life of excess, especially during my 20s. That would be pointed out and see, well, no, look, he's that. And completely avoiding the content of what I'm saying. I have my own personal perspective of being in the church and embracing certain principles. While I was living in my 20s, I knew at some point I would have to explain myself. I just kind of knew. Like, and there was many times there was like, somehow made it out alive. I don't really know how. Barely barely scathed really a few scars here and there but uh pretty healthy actually even though you know push it to the limit pretty hard pretty thankful because like i said there's people i knew from that era that didn't make it even past 30 some made it a little past 30 and but didn't make it to 40 it's a tough world out there it's a grind stuff to make in the working class and uh when your, your first sort of true whiffs of like something resemble individual liberty you know, sometimes you kind of push it to the limit especially when you're young and then it's not even a liberty liberty it's sort of the guise of it you can do these things now but you're also kind of tightly controlled limitations on your behavior Still trying to kind of mold you into something. I wasn't sure what I was molding to be while I was in college. I, wasn't, I didn't really have much plan beyond college. Enjoyed the experience. And while I was in it, I just soaked it up. The people and the whole thing, really. The learning and the fun, you know. And then once college was over, it's like, oh, now you're in the real world. You just got to work just to work. Just, just get a job that pays something, you know, doing whatever. It doesn't really matter what you do. Find something that pays the bills. That, that's going to be the tricky part, one that actually pays the bills, because you know, the bills are constant and steady and they seem to ever be increasing while the pay kind of doesn't quite match the increase in bills. And there's kind of like shifts and kind of... Uh, hopeful jumps and then kind of settling into a certain groove 
that eventually becomes a rut over time. It's just kind of people kind of forced to kind of pick a designated lane or spot, and it kind of becomes tough to shift tracks and stuff, and to kind of to truly maneuver to into the best position, which is unfortunate because there's there's people born and dying every single day. You know, there should be kind of an almost constant level of mobility and, and tr transition going, you know. And things are kind of, is, anyway, people, f like, find a way, but it's like there's all these kind of systematic barriers kind of making it more difficult to kind of jump out of your groove and find a better one, you know. No, we can't have health care as a right or education as a right or even a universal basic income because the wealthy need more money. And that's what the Republican Party message is. They voted that into law five and a half years ago. You know, if you're a working class person and you're not pro tax cuts for the wealthy and corporations, then stop voting Republican. You know, that is what they're about. How does that benefit you? And if you're a Christian, how does Donald Trump possibly embody the teachings of Jesus in any way, shape, or form? Uh, who are you fooling? I mean, you know he doesn't. If your response to that is that I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm no saint, okay? I, I do my best. Yeah, and I try to make it in this world. I'm kind as much as I can be. Pathetic. Could I tithe more? Yeah. And do I have a lot of faults? Yes. Are the words I'm saying wrong? Do you have any response to the content of the words I'm saying without pointing out that I'm a flawed character in my own right? Is that your only defense? I mean, I hope you have something better, you know, because we're all flawed people. So that's not, you know, me pointing out the clear and obvious flaws in Trump and his obvious lack of qualifying to be a president is not saying that I'm perfect or something. That That's that's kind of a misnomer, that'll, a mistake that a lot of people make. They'll assume that a person that's being critical of someone else means that they think they're perfect. It's like, no, no, no. No, I'm far from that. Far from perfect. No, and no one is. And since there is no such thing as perfection, there's always room for improvement. So I've been trying to improve myself the entirety of my life. You know? <clears throat> With Lulls too, where you start lacking motivation. Like, what is the point? Certain, because uh, I don't really have much materialistic position or goals really, but you kind of have to. You know, you know, it, it's like you can't just have a free flowing. I'm just gonna, you know, cause you gotta have bills to pay and stuff. You know, you can't flow for a while until you figure it out. But I mean, you can, but it's gonna cost you. You know. It, in one way or another, you know. Can't believe there's no time to gather yourself. There's no time to find the best path. It's not time to take a break. We gotta constantly grow, constantly. You can't take to a, into account either like things that are happening geographically or seasonally, like the climates and stuff. Not, none of that. None of the like variables of life. Stimuli coming our way in real world life should be like considered when it comes to GDP. 
it's kind of the message of a lot of political leaders, both left and right. We're like, we need to grow GDP. The total macro size of our economy needs to be bigger, the value of it, even though we know that, you know, over 50% of the economy is owned by a tiny percentage of the population. Nowhere near even 10% of the population owns over half. That's it. So GDP goes up. That means those people have more money now. That's what happened with the Republican tax cuts. While a million people died in this country, billionaires got more money. Elon Musk is now buying Twitter outright now. He's the new owner of Twitter. A publicly traded company worth billions of dollars. One guy has that much in net worth because his net worth increased in value while a million people died in this country. A million people who were not able to go to the doctor for free. We couldn't afford that, but Elon Musk can afford to buy a publicly traded company outright by himself. But we can't have doc doctors that we can visit when we're sick. That's, that's socialism. And people genuinely think that Twitter, like before Elon Musk took over, it banning Donald Trump was a, was a suppressing of freedom of speech. Like what? No, he's, he still said stuff. He didn't have, you know, he started losing some of his platforms to stay, say his idiotic nonsense, stupid shit. Um, but he was still allowed to say it. There's no legal repercussions for the stuff he said. Now, the stuff he said on January 6th to his supporters encouraging them to commit violence and to overthrow the government, that's a different type of speech that's not protected because um, he was encouraging violence, kind of like yelling fire in a crowded theater when there is no fire, just deliberately trying to cause panic and stuff. There are consequences to that type of speech. But as far as a for-profit business providing a platform for people to proclaim their views, if it wants to have certain parameters on its platform, it has every right to do that. And it is zero infringement on your freedom of speech. You want to exercise your freedom of speech? Go and do it. You can't find a platform? Bummer, man. Stand on a soapbox and start spouting it out. There's people that do it all the time, especially on the pro-life side. They'll... they'll have a, you know, sign draped around their shoulders with stuff written on either side. They are exercising their right to freedom of speech. They're walking around and saying stuff. Yeah. Now, some of the stuff they're saying live out in the public may not be acceptable on Twitter and some platforms, social media. Yeah. So, so that's why they're just kind of doing it there sometimes. Because the stuff they say is sometimes dumb. And, and sometimes it's encouraging violence. There's some, some people that get the real extreme elements in the pro-life thing over the years. We're willing to cause violence to healthcare providers. Uh, in the name of pro-life. Yeah, it gets... Yeah, it, we're, we're a strange society. We're all over the place. You know, we, um, we got a lot of work to do, you know, type thing. We got a lot of interesting folks in this society. Um, we also got a lot of folks that have allowed themselves to be manipulated. And we also have a, a small group of wealthy, powerful white guys that are more than gleeful to continue manipulating 
manipulating those people. You know, a lot of times there are older folks that watch a lot of Fox News, but the Republican Party has a stranglehold on those. Old white people watching Fox News every day. I think Republican Party's probably got about a solid 85%. Yeah. Just just taking a gander. A, a wild guess. I, I bet it's something like 85%. White people over the age of 65 who watch Fox News. That's actually, it's probably damn near 100%. Because deviate any uh, demographics of the Fox News crowd, and it's probably still well over 80% that watches, that votes Republican. Yeah, if you're watching Fox News and believing what they're telling you, yeah, you're you're voting Republican. And you you genuinely think that Democrats are socialists and that Hillary Clinton should be in jail, probably. You probably genuinely think that, and are like upset that she's not in jail because you know she sent emails. You know, Donald Trump should be the president, even though yeah he committed crimes and stuff and he abused his power, but like. You know, socialism, Benghazi, Hillary Clinton, liberalized socialized medicine, you know, or something. I mean, yeah, Donald Trump had no experience prior to being president. Yes, he was famous for being a game show host, bankruptor of companies, and cheating on his wives and being a racist, sexist idiot. Yeah, all that's true, but like, you know, socialized medicine, um, socialism, Benghazi, lock her up. <laughs> It's where we're at, though, you know. Pro-life. Throw that in there, too, you know. Just, it doesn't really matter anymore. Until we get to probably like 70 or 80% of the populace actually participating in the election, um, you know, the Republican Party's going to remain relevant because there's just, <laughs> they're the diehards that are just enough in number, the vocal minority, that is going to vote Republican no matter what. It don't matter who they pick. Doesn't matter what they say. Doesn't matter what their declared agenda is. Republican Party's declared agenda going into the 2024 midterms is: we are going to put women in jail for going to the doctor. We're going to continue to incarcerate minorities and poor people for growing, selling, and possessing certain types of plants. We're going to support those kinds of laws. We're going to support tax cuts for the wealthy, tax cuts for corporations. And we're going to support cutting funding to Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, public education, and infrastructure. These are their legislative platforms. They have to phrase them differently so they don't sound nearly as shitty as they clearly and obviously are. But they're leaning into it. It is what it is. They're they're betting that the masses are still not going to vote. The stranglehold they have on the vocal minority is going to vote R down the line and they're going to possibly even gain power even though they are the organization that picked the game show host to be president acknowledged on the record that he did indeed abuse his power but they gave him, wanted to give him a promotion anyway you know, everything that's known about them is known can anything be done about it can they be voted out can they start getting back to a more moderate level where like Adam Kinzinger is. Could I, a, a so-called liberal, consider voting Republican if there were people like him that represented that organization? Of course. Because I'm very individual, liberty, small government, don't tread on me type of person. 
absolutely 1,000%. Hence the reason I don't vote Republican. Stay safe out there. Make sure you register to vote. God bless. This is Gary. Thinking out loud.